Thanks for joining the CC America podcast, where we are getting mentally fit through testimonies of faith, inspiration, and transformation. We hope you enjoy the show. This is a live recording of the CC America podcast. Good evening. Good evening. This is Tamaria Jordan. I am the host of the CC America podcast, where my goal is to inspire the lives of others through service, dedication, and faith. Tonight, I am coming on a little bit later than normal, but I am here nonetheless and excited to um, just chat tonight about us. Um, and the topic of tonight's show is it's not about you. And really what it's about is every one of us goes through things. And sometimes our frustration with others, it may be misplaced. Um, it's so easy to take offense with that, which we may not understand. Um, so ironically, um, this is a topic that came to me a few weeks ago, actually around the 18th of July. And so I jotted it down and um, I've really been contemplating it. You know, how do I want this message to go? Um, you know, what do I want to say? But what I'm going to do is start out with prayer and I have some ideas of where I want to go, but um, I'll also allow the spirit to move me in whichever direction that I should go in. Um, so I thank you, Lord God, for this time. I thank you for waking us up today, giving us another opportunity to be in the land of the living, another opportunity to get it right. I thank you for family. I thank you for friends. I pray that you would lift up everyone under, under the sound of my voice, that you would bless them and their families, allow them to remain strong, even in the midst of adversity or any challenges they may be facing personally or just in general with regard to the condition of this world. We pray for everyone who is hurting. We pray for any victims of violent attacks. We, pay, we pray for victims of natural disasters, Lord God. We just lift up your people um, because right now we need you more than ever. We pray for people who are impacted directly and indirectly as a result of COVID-19. We just pray that you would cover each and every one of us, Lord God. Give us the strength to continue on um, each and every day. We thank you for blessing us, for waking us up, um, because that is a blessing in and of itself. We thank you for every other good um, and wonderful thing that you have blessed each of us with as well. And for those who are struggling, Lord God, I pray that you would give them peace, give them hope. Those who are grieving, I pray that you would cover them and lift them up as well, Lord God, and let them know that they are not alone. We thank you, Lord God, for this day. Again, we ask you for your grace, mercy, and kindness to cover each and every person under the sound of my voice. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, um, ironically, the day that I jotted down, you know, it's not about you. It made me think, and I, I don't know it, it specifically at that moment what I was um, thinking about other than the fact that sometimes we take offense to what may be happening around us um, because we think that it has to do with us. And a lot of times it's not about you, um, meaning Sometimes in life, people are going through battles that no one even knows that they're facing. Um, they may be dealing with things internally. Um, they may even be dealing with things that other people know. Um, but at that moment, people may feel 
um, either neglected or not supported, but it's because that individual may be going through something that's more challenging that makes it a little harder to give. And if this is someone who you are used to receiving from, um, the instances where they are unable to give, it may not be because that person is choosing not to give um, out of malice or anything like that. It may just be that at this particular time in their life, they may just have a lot going on. Um, and just speaking from personal experience, I am someone who tends to uh, be the supporter. I tend to be the person who wants to be available for everyone. But over the last several years, you know, I've encountered my own life situations is what I'll call it, that made it difficult for me to provide the support that I once did to uh, friends, family, whomever. And so when I put those things in perspective, it really reminds me, you know, that in those instances, if I wasn't available, it wasn't about other people. It was just that I needed that time for myself. And there have been situations where I've taken offense um, because I felt uh, kind of alone or I felt like people didn't understand or they weren't there for me the way that I was there for them, um, only to find out that they too were facing their own battles. And so essentially tonight's message is about grace. Um, do we give other people the grace that we expect? Each and every one of us goes through things. Uh, that's a fact. Um, when we go through them, of course, that will vary. How we go through them, meaning how we handle it, that will vary. Um, and even the types of situations that we go through. And it's easy to, when we're not the person going through it, to expect um, others to handle situations like we would handle it. And that has been probably one of the hardest lessons for me is realizing that not everyone is the same and to expect people to be the same or to handle situations like you would handle it is, it's one, not fair to them. And it's also not effective for us because essentially all that that does is it creates um, frustration. It may lead to resentment. It may lead to um, just a lot of things and unnecessary heartache because we set our expectations so high only to be let down. And so when we think about things that we go through, um, another aspect of that is sometimes what we go through um, in a sense that it's not about us, it's not about us in that we may be going through a particular situation to help someone else down the line or God may be using that situation to help transform us as individuals or to use that situation to transform others or to provide an example of his grace and mercy. And so um, the scripture that I wanted to read from uh, tonight is actually Hosea. And in Hosea, um, it uses, or the particular uh, book in the Bible, it is specific to um, Israel and them walking away, meaning the, the people of Israel at the time, walking away from God and him showing mercy um, to the people of Israel. Um, and so, and, and I use the, the, the term uh, him 
uh, in this particular case, referring to God, because the purpose of the book of Hosea, and I'm reading from the Life Application Study Bible, it says is to illustrate God's love for his sinful people. And in Hosea chapters one through three, it talks about Hosea's, the command of God to Hosea to marry a woman who God knew would be unfaithful to him and it would cause him heartache. And it's really interesting because sometimes we go through situations and we really don't understand why. And we're like, why would God put me in this situation? Like, why would he have me start this new job if he knew it was going to be this difficult? Why would he put me in this relationship if he knew it was going to be so difficult? Why would he give me um, this talent and not allow me to use it? So there's different situations that we all go through. Um, but in terms of the why, sometimes we don't understand that it's bigger than us. Um, and a lot of times when we get um, upset or we're hurt by people around us, again, that's another situation that is bigger than us. It may not have anything to do with us at all, but sometimes it's easy for us to take offense again and think that it's something that we did, it's something that we said, and literally it may have nothing to do with us at all. The only way to truly get clarity in those situations is to ask because any other time we're just making assumptions about what we think may be happening. Um, so when we talk, when we think about Hosea, um, of course, chapters one through three is about um, Hosea and marrying a wayward wife and books or chapters four through 14. It talks about how Israel was sinful. Um, it talks about how Israel was punished. And then at the very end of the book in chapter 14, it talks about God's love for Israel and how even, even in that situation, um, he was able to, you know, bring the people back to him and show his grace and his mercy. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start um, with Hosea 3 and chapter 3 begins, then said the Lord unto me, Go yet, love a woman beloved of her friend, yet an adulteress, according to the love of the Lord toward the children of Israel, who look to other gods and love flagons of wine. So I brought her to me for 15 pieces of silver and for an homer of barley and in half homer of barley. And I said unto her, thou shalt abide for me many days. Thou shalt not play the harlot and thou shalt not be for another man. So I will also be for thee. For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king and without a prince and without a sacrifice and without an image and without an ephod and without teraphim. Afterwards shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. So Hosea was commanded again to marry a wayward woman and Gomer um, was a woman who was promiscuous. Um, so when she met Hosea, she um, was someone who would ultimately hurt him because of her behavior. Um, but it's interesting that Hosea was arranged to marry her. Um, and it's really interesting that if you think about life, 
there's situations where we may be put in certain positions, whether that's to take a job or to be in relationship with certain people and not necessarily um, relationship, meaning a man and a woman. It could be a friendship. It could be relationship with family. Um, it could be a relationship with like your coworkers. But essentially, there are times where there's people who are brought into our lives, and sometimes we want to hold on to them forever, but maybe they're in our lives for a season. In this case, Hosea's um, marriage to this woman was going to be an illustration of how Israel walked away from God and how ultimately God was able to accept the repentance and still have mercy on the people. And uh, similarly, because Hosea loved Gomer, his wife, even though she was someone who made it, who made it difficult to love her, he still, um, you know, he still followed the instruction of God and it was probably a struggle. I can't even imagine how he felt, um, but he brought her freedom. Um, and that's in chapter three. That's where it says Hosea is reconciled to his wife. In chapter three, that's where he brought her freedom because she was, again, a wayward woman um, living her life. And yet, even still, um, he wanted to, one, be with her, and then two, follow um the word that was given to him in terms of who he should marry. And so it's really, really interesting um, how that example, even though he knew um, that it would be difficult to marry a woman in that particular situation, he did. And I'm pretty sure if we were to be living during that time, if we had seen that, it wouldn't have made sense to us if that makes sense. Meaning if say, for instance, your parents, um, so your parents may have an idea of who you should marry or who you should be with. Like in this example, I'm pretty sure his, his mother, say for instance, wouldn't have probably approved of that woman marrying her son potentially. And so when you think about today, in today's time, a lot of times our parents may not approve for someone like that to marry their child. Because at the end of the day, um, in last week's show, I touched on this a little bit, but it's the do as I say. Um, so they may not understand that there's a greater purpose, but what they may see is I don't want my child to be hurt. I don't want my child to have to go through things that maybe I went through. I want to make their life a lot easier than the life that I had it. But there may be a greater purpose for their pain. Um, meaning there may be a greater purpose for the situations that they're going through, whether that greater purpose is for them or that greater purpose is for other people um, through their ministry, there typically is a greater purpose, um, whatever that may be. And sometimes we spend our whole lives trying to figure out what that is. So the same way that Hosea um you know, still loved Gomer, even though she treated him the way that she did and she stepped out on their marriage. In chapter 14 of Hosea, it talks about 
repentance um, and how that brings restoration. So in chapter 14, it reads, starting at verse one, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Take with you words and turn to the Lord, say unto him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. So will we render the calves of our lips. Asher shall not save us. We will not ride upon horses, neither will we say any more to the work of our hands. Ye are our gods, for in thee the fatherless findeth mercy. I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for mine anger is turned away from him. It will be as the dew unto Israel. He shall grow as the lily and cast forth his roots as Lebanon. His branches shall spread and his beauty shall be as the olive tree and his smell as Lebanon. They that dwell under his shadow shall return and they shall revive as the corn and grow as the vine. The scent thereof shall be as the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim shall say, what have I to do any more with idols? I have heard him and observed him. I am like a green fir tree. From me is thy fruit found. Who is wise and he shall understand these things. Prudent and he shall know them. For the ways of the Lord are right and the just shall walk in them, but the transgressors shall fall therein. So when we are going through situations and may the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word, when we go through situations, God is still merciful. His word is still true. And life is hard. Like he never said it would be easy. And it's difficult sometimes to explain or understand, you know, why am I going through this? But I remember I was actually attending a church service um, and there was a minister and a prophetess and the minister um, was just visiting the church and the prophetess was talking to this person and indicated that they would go through a season of pain. And the pain was due to a medical condition, but the medical condition would not kill them, but it would be a testimony. And ironically, many, many years later, um, I saw the minister who was prophesied to regarding the situation that would occur. And sure enough, she dealt with some health issues and ended up being a blessing to many people because she was able to share her testimony. And so that's one of several different examples. I think of even for myself, um, different things that I've gone through in my life. And when I look back over my life, I think to myself, you know what? It's actually a good thing that I did go through that. Um, because if I didn't, I would have a different experience. So the the ex one of the experiences I'll use is when I graduated from college, um, a lot of people, they would always say, you know what, this is what you should aspire to. I went to school for business. So naturally, I wanted to climb the corporate ladder. And so that was my goal. My goal was to move up as quickly as I could um, to make sure, you know, that I'm following all the rules, doing all the right things so that I could move up. And somewhere along the way, um, ran into some challenges and some difficulties with uh, other individuals that where we didn't always see eye to eye and agree. And shortly thereafter, one particular disagreement, um, I ended up being told that I was being removed from a particular position. 
Um, and pretty much all of the accolades that I had heard for years and years. So uh, people would say, oh my gosh, you're a great communicator. You're a great leader. You're, you know, you're doing such a great job. And all of a sudden it turned to, you can't communicate. You're not a good leader. Um, we need to remove you from this position. Although ironically, there were no conversations being had with the individuals that I managed only with the individual who I had the disagreement with. And it seemed like others jumped on the same bandwagon. And I remember having a meeting with some individuals in leadership at the time. And I was so frustrated because I had spent all this time working to please people. So I was, you know, staying late at the office. I was doing as much as I possibly could because I wanted to show that I was um, I was someone who was trustworthy. I was someone who was going to do my job. I was going to do my job well. I was going to um, work as hard as I could to make sure I was there for my team, make sure I was there for other team members and really help people succeed. And I remember during that conversation, I was like, what was it all for? And at the time, I'll be honest, I was really frustrated and I didn't think there was going to be anything good that could have come out of that situation. But what I learned is that it opened up my eyes. So instead of having this desire to climb the corporate ladder, I changed that desire to, I want to inspire the lives of others through service, dedication, and faith. And essentially I had been chasing a title for years, not realizing that a title was not a definition of who I was. Neither was having a particular job um, or working for a particular company. Who you are is who you are. But essentially, I didn't quite get that because in my mind, there were certain things I had to have and certain things I had to do in order to be the woman that I wanted to become or to make the money that I wanted to make. And it wasn't until I went through that situation that I had that realization. And I realized that perhaps my call is bigger than what I thought at the time. Maybe my call is to help people, to help those who are less fortunate, to help those people who others may tell, you know what, maybe you aren't cut out for this, or maybe you can't do this job. Um, my goal is to really inspire people, to instill in them hope, and also let them know that anything is possible. Um, anything is possible. For me, I know I've prayed a lot. Um, I've grown a lot. And this road hasn't always been easy, but I realize there are many, many blessings that have happened along the way. And a lot of times I think it's not about me. Um, it's about a greater purpose. And in order for me to achieve and or see that greater purpose, I have to walk a different path. And so there's plenty of people in this world who I'm sure had things worked out, um, you know, the way they thought it was going to work out, things wouldn't have turned out the way that they are. Because if I had stayed um, in the role that I was in, I don't know if I would have ever come up with T. Allen Inspires. I don't know if I would have ever considered something more than what I was doing. I would have continued to aspire to be a manager at this particular company and not realize that our life's purpose can be greater 
So in hindsight, it actually ended up being a blessing in disguise that things didn't work out. And I realized, you know what? I can't even be mad at them because this was a bigger plan and a bigger purpose because had I continued down that same path, I probably would um, be doing the same thing or doing something similar. I would be not using the gifts that I feel I've been given and I would become complacent. That's that's the word that I'll use. It's easy to become complacent because it's comfortable. Whereas if you're pushed outside of your comfort zone in that situation, while I was frustrated and upset, it was a growing pain for me. And the reason I call it a growing pain is that I was growing and developing, which is a good thing, but it was painful. It wasn't like a situation that I wanted to go through, but it's a situation that I needed to go through to get to where I am today. Because honestly, it's easy to stay put in a job for years. It's easy to do the same things over and over. It's easy to stay in relationships that may not be working because it's comfortable. But it's those times where you're pushed out of what is comfortable that really helps you grow. And it stretches your faith. Um, And you know what I'll add? It also stretches your feelings because you may not feel like you want to do it. (laughs) Um, But literally, I think your feelings start to change when you realize the, the benefit or the blessing in those situations that you thought were going to be the worst thing ever. So it, it's funny. Um, there's several, there's a meme, um, or I guess you could say like, um, like a leadership photo that circulated on the internet quite some time ago. And it was like 10 famous failures. And, some of those um some of those failures like when you hear the success story the rise from the ashes it's it's huge and it's really inspirational and what's interesting is JK Rowling um and JK Rowling is an author but what's interesting is um she during a commencement speech at Harvard she talked about the value of failure And what's interesting is um, what she had said during that speech was she failed on an epic scale. She had a short-lived marriage. She was jobless, a single parent, and poor, um, living in modern Britain uh, without being homeless, essentially. And she said, the fears that my parents had had for me and that I had had for myself and both came to pass. And by every usual standard, I was the biggest failure I knew. But you all know very well that she rose from that situation and is a very well-known author, has movies. So imagine if she had stopped. Same thing with Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was fired from Apple, a company that he started. But then it helped him realize his passion for work exceeded the disappointment of failure. And um, that's actually in an article written by lifehack.org. And it's so true. Imagine if he would have given up. Um, And what he said during one of of his speeches, um, which is really interesting, is he had he had stated, I didn't see it then, but it turned out that getting fired from Apple was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. So again, 
on a larger scale, the failure that he went through wasn't for him. It, it was to a degree, but it also ignited a passion um, that may not have been ignited otherwise. I, you know, the times that I have been pushed out of certain positions or um, I guess I would say stretched beyond my comfort zone, that's usually when I decided to make a change. Because honestly, if I didn't go through the situation I went through um, with the previous job, I don't, like I said, I don't think I would be doing this right now because I wouldn't have had the same vision. I would have been comfortable. So I wouldn't need to change. So I found that I've grown the most when I've been pushed beyond my comfort zone, when I've made mistakes, when I have not done things in the manner that would be conducive to achieving certain results. It's in those moments where I stretch the most and where I gain the most um, because my eyes are open. Um, it's in the it's in the disagreements that I've learned the most about myself, meaning disagreements with different individuals, you know, in my life. I've learned to handle things differently, or I've been able to see myself clearer through the disagreement. If everyone always agreed with you, you would never have a reason to see yourself any differently. You wouldn't see a reason to grow because everything would be perfect. So sometimes I think those challenges are meant to make us see things different and make us stretch and make us change and make us grow. Um, and those, and then again, um, one of the things I had stated at the very beginning of the show was in terms of us being frustrated. It is so easy to be frustrated with people because of what we think, what we think should be happening based on our own set of expectations or what we don't see. Um, and it's, it's definitely interesting because we take on that pressure and we think, okay, it's something I said or it's something I did. And that's why I haven't heard from this person or, oh, you know what? I wouldn't have done it that way. Or I would still call even if I was going through through X, Y, and Z, but we're also not those other people. And so to say that is to a degree, a little selfish um, because you're just thinking about yourself, not realizing, you know what? Maybe they, they didn't do this because they couldn't, not because they chose to. Now, in the instances where people choose not to be supportive or what have you, or you find that maybe your relationship is shifting and things are not the same, by all means, if you feel that it's best for you and that person or individual to part ways, definitely do what you feel you have to do in your heart. Um, but I would say give people the benefit of the doubt or give people the same grace that you would want extended to you um, and at least hear people out um, and see if there was some some other reason uh, why things didn't quite work out. Because again, in the situations that we go through, a lot of times it's not just about us. It's about the people that we are meant to impact. And in the times where we may be offended because of what we perceive to be something against us or because of something we did, it may not even be about you. And I like to think of that in the context of when I'm when you go shopping. So if you go shopping and you're at the mall 
and you go into a store and the uh, salesperson has an attitude and you think, um, well, they have an attitude because of something that either the way you look, something you said or something you did potentially, if you said or did anything, it may just be, you think, okay, maybe they're stereotyping me, but that person could have just lost a family member and they had to come to work because they can't afford not to work because if they don't work, then they can't pay their rent. So their countenance may have nothing to do with what you think is the cause, meaning how you look or what you've said, or if you've done anything, it may simply be because they are going through a situation and they're, um, they call them paradigm shifts. And I remember in um, Stephen Covey's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he talks about paradigm shifts. And that is defined um, by the Oxford Dictionary as a fundamental change in approach or underlying assumptions. And I remember um, in Stephen Covey's book, I remember the example of the gentleman on the um, on the train, and there was a gentleman on the train in the the book, if I remember correctly, and he had um, children who were unruly, and the individuals on the train were looking and they were trying to figure out, you know, why, um, you know, this person isn't taking control of his children. Why is this man sitting on the subway and his children are, you know, just acting up? Um, But there was a deeper cause uh, of that particular situation. And so the example that Stephen gave was he noted in his book, I remember a mini paradigm shift I experienced one Sunday morning on a subway in New York. People were sitting quietly, some reading newspapers, some lost in thought, some resting with their eyes closed. It was a calm, peaceful scene. Then suddenly, a man and his children entered the subway car. The children were so loud and rambunctious, and that instantly changed the whole climate. The man sat down next to me and closed his eyes, apparently oblivious to the situation. The children were yelling back and forth, throwing things, even grabbing people's papers. It was very disturbing. And yet the man sitting next to me did nothing. It was difficult not to feel irritated. I could not believe that he could be so insensitive as to let his children run wild like that and do nothing about it, taking no responsibility at all. It was easy to see that everyone else on the subway felt irritated too. So finally, with what I felt like was unusual patience and restraint, I turned to him and said, sir, your children are really disturbing a lot of people. I wonder if you couldn't control them a little more. The man lifted his gaze as if to come to a consciousness of the situation for the first time and said softly, oh, you're right. I guess I should do something about it. We just came from the hospital where their mother died about an hour ago. I don't know what to do, um, think, and I guess they don't know how to handle it either. Can you imagine what I felt at that moment? My paradigm shifted suddenly. I saw things differently. And because I saw differently, I thought differently. I felt differently. I behaved differently. 
my irritation vanished. I didn't have to worry about controlling my attitude or my behavior. My heart was filled with the man's pain. Feeling the sympathy and compassion flowed freely. Your wife just died? Oh, I'm so sorry. Can you tell me about it? What can I do to help? Everything changed in an instant. If you haven't read Stephen Covey's book, um, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, I definitely would recommend it. It is an awesome read. Um, But that is one of many examples that we have all experienced in one way or another, meaning we may walk into that department store and may easily get offended because someone doesn't greet us. We may um, be frustrated because a loved one um, does not give us a call, but that loved one may be dealing with their own health battles. Um, We may be frustrated because a friend um, didn't call us to invite us to a particular event or a situation, or maybe, um, that person hasn't called us in a while. And then you find out that that person is dealing with something else. Maybe they lost a family member. Maybe they're going through um, a situation in their marriage or their home or a relationship. We have no idea, um, you know, what is happening behind the scenes. So I try, and sometimes I do a good job at it. Sometimes I don't. Um, I try to give people, again, the grace that I want extended to me in the workplace, if you manage people, even if you don't, thinking about your colleagues, sometimes people are just having a bad day. So one of the the lessons that my great grandmother always taught me, she said, you know, love everyone. You don't have to necessarily like their ways, um, but love everyone. And I always kept that message close to my heart. And I've always remembered it primarily because it's true. I may not like everything someone does, but if I treat everyone with love and respect, I feel like I can't go wrong because at the end of the day, I'm extending the same grace that I want to receive, but I'm also giving people an opportunity to speak their peace, to tell their truth. And maybe I'll realize that we can come to a common ground or maybe the situation is not what it seems. Like in the example that Stephen Covey gave in a in his book about a mini paradigm shift, But imagine what that could do for us when you think about everything that's happening in the world today. If we all took the time out to have a mini paradigm shift on a regular basis when we see situations and we judge situations, um, how different our outlook on life would be. The grace that we would extend to people um, if we took time out to try to understand the circumstances. And it's... um, it's really ironic sometimes the grace that you have and the compassion that you have for people when you know the whole story. When we have half of the story, we might pass judgment and say, okay, well, you know, they shouldn't have done that. And then you find out more and the layers, I guess you could say, of the onion are peeled back a little bit more. And then, and I just had this thought, onions typically will make you cry. Um, And the only way you can stop the tears from flowing is to eat a piece of the onion. And when we think about walking a mile in someone else's shoes, a lot of us can't do that. But in order, I I think about the onion, literally as you peel it back, that's what causes the tears to flow. And I think of that as our heart softening a little bit. Um, It's the compassion. So when you think about pulling back the layers on situations in life, 
if you start to pull back the layers from every person that we encounter, you will start to see um, more of the human side and have more compassion for people in their individual challenges, their individual struggles. And I, I use an onion as an example, because as you peel back those layers of the onions, it makes you cry. And I, I'm going to compare crying to compassion. And so as you peel back the layers of individuals, you start to have more compassion for those people. And then how you handle your um, interactions with them be, is different. And in order to stop the tears, typically you take you you bite a piece of the onion, and that to me is the is similar to us trying to understand what it's like to walk a mile in that person's shoes. We're putting ourselves in that position so that we can understand a little bit better. Um, so. My main goal for today was just to talk about how, you know, sometimes what we may perceive as something that's offensive may have nothing to do with us at all. And also that God can use situations that we go through um, as it relates to our relationships, our health, our work, um, our calling, anything that we go through in life, he can use those situations to transform other people. Um, mainly, I think he uses it to transform us and give us an opportunity to get things right. But I do also think that those situations are not about us all the time. Sometimes it's about us and that he wants to get our attention. He wants to change our heart. But then even more than that, he allows that situation to help and bless other people. Um, because people are probably more likely to listen to you if you've gone through something. If you have a vanilla life and nothing happened, um, then how would you be able to relate? Because oftentimes individuals want to relate to people who they can understand. And so the understanding comes from having similar experiences. If you're able to connect the dots in different ways with people, they may be more likely to hear the message that you're trying to share. So being able to find some type of common ground to start on. And so when we think about our lives, um, those situations that we go through, even though they may be painful, they may be hurtful, you may wish you never went through it. When you look back over the course of your life, you may realize that that was the change or the catalyst you needed to catapult you forward. So I hope um, that you have enjoyed today's uh, podcast. I hope that you and your family will remain blessed, um, that you will be healthy, happy, and whole, and that you will find a way today to focus on gratitude. Um, so just being grateful for for being here, for all the, the good things that we have, but then also focus on grace, putting yourself in the position of thinking, um, you know, what type of grace would I want extended to me? And when we think about the word, it says that in order for us to be forgiven, we must forgive others. And that's hard sometimes to do because we get offended and we think, you know, in our minds, we are right. But unless we are able to forgive others and we're able to see them, we're able to peel back that onion. Um, essentially, we are judging other situations without knowing all of the facts and without knowing all of the facts, it does sometimes create 
um, tension or a different dynamic. So I encourage you again to consider gratitude and grace. Um, I hope that you will be blessed, that your families will be blessed. And until next time, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the CC America podcast. Again, I am your host, Maria Jordan, and I look forward to checking in with you um, every other week. So you can definitely catch me on Podbean. Um, this podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts iHeartRadio, and a copy of the podcast is also published on YouTube. So take care and good night.